0: Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Megan Rogers, manager of Sheep Connect New South Wales. The sheep industry extension work in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 2200, and our main aims are to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on the latest information about all things sheep. We hope you enjoy our podcast. It's time for you. For many people tuning in, today's guest may not be someone who they've heard of before. Uh, but for many, they know my guest very well, particularly in the central parts of the state. Um, as you may or may not know, the central part of New South Wales is a pretty densely populated sheep area. And today's guest has been working in that area as a veterinarian for 40 odd years. Uh, given this long career in the industry, he's certainly seen a lot of sheep during this time and is a go to source of wisdom to farmers, advisors and peers. Today, we're going to discuss some of the observations from the transition from drought to a season of abundance, like what's being experienced in central parts at the moment, and some of the patterns that occur during that is is observed over these years. Our guest today is district veterinarian with Central Tablelands Local Land Services, Bruce Watt. Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales (coughs) podcast. It's time for you, Bruce. It's so great to have you along for a chat. I'm really excited about what we're gonna chat about today.
1: Thanks, Megan, and, and uh, thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, <laughs> yes, it's been a, an interesting year, a fabulous year, and uh, as I chat to some of the older locals here, they, they think it's as good a season as they've seen. It started raining in February, March, and has kept on going. Uh, we've just got wonderful, high-quality pasture on lots of properties. Uh, often uh, dominated by clover because of the early autumn break and uh, while uh, livestock performance has been fabulous uh, combined with uh, good prices uh, making it a wonderful season in that regard we've certainly seen lots of uh, uh, livestock issues Uh, and uh, i guess the point is that uh, we've seen this before and uh, we uh, we do have we do have some lessons on how to manage these things but sometimes we've spent so long trying to manage dry seasons that uh, when a really fabulous season comes along we 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 uh struggle a bit uh, as you, as i suppose you might expect um, but as you and i were talking megan we uh dr jeff Evelston and i uh Surveyed ewe uh, problems uh, in 2010, which was also a wet year, and we saw a wide range of problems. And we we uh, we surveyed, uh, we we got answers from several hundred uh, sheep producers and uh, uh, found out a lot about what was happening on a wide range of properties. So, would you like me to discuss? those megan and um you know how they relate to this
0: year yeah bruce that'd be great what i was going to sort of say is that you know during my time in the central parts and you know and i've been sort of cruising around the central parts of new south Wales for 25 years um during that time you know one of your colleagues and um an experienced district veterinarian used to comment about how during the drier um weather whether it be drought or or just a you know a more dry type season things are a little bit less busy from a veterinary perspective but once it starts raining and things really start to um to happen in from a veterinary perspective and and the phone starts ringing a little bit more and and I guess I'm really interested to explore what some of the patterns are that you've seen what some of the issues are and and I guess share some of the successes that some people might have in managing some of these issues that we're seeing.
1: Okay, thanks, Megan. Um, I actually I, I studied um, uh, ewe and lamb issues in the '83 drought, '82 drought, uh, quite closely when I was working at the University of Melbourne, and we found that uh, farmers that had their drought feeding well organised, uh, they had very low numbers of problems. The livestock did well. Obviously, it was expensive uh, and and troublesome, and you don't want to repeat that uh, if you can help it. But uh, as you know, we have, of course. But uh, uh, the the issues, the the animal health issues, uh, uh, become much more of a problem uh, in, in really good season. So yes, I'd agree with that comment. And lots of uh, farmers that I talk to make the same comment that uh, that uh, they see a lot more problems in a good season, but quite clearly uh, they wouldn't wish to swap it either.
0: That's right. And you know, we're <coughs> all, I guess, in the optimist in us all. We're looking for things to get back to normal during a, a, um, a, more, a more abundant season, I'll call it, uh, a wetter <coughs> season. But again, our management and, and the the um, you know the level of of um, sort of attention that we've got to pay to our livestock doesn't change. It's the the issue. It's the issues that change. So I'm quite interested <clears throat> to hear what you've found as people have transitioned. Obviously, there's a lot of heavy use around, and from what I'm hearing, there's plenty of lame ones as well. So. I'd really like to explore what some of the key things are that, that you've observed and, and how people are managing those issues.
1: Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Megan. Um well as you mentioned, uh, heavy use uh is the, the heavy use with wet feet is the nub of the issue. <laughs> uh but when I'm talking to uh producers about this, uh I mentioned that uh, Excuse me. Particularly foot abscess is a problem of good management, and, and this is why it's such a challenge. Because sheep producers want to have uh, productive clover uh, dominant, or at least uh, clover is a substantial part of the, the pasture, and heavy use uh, with uh, particularly prime lamb producers with multiple lambs uh, and that's what you know we're trying to achieve. But that's exactly the conditions that lead to foot abscess, and um, so this is the uh, management challenge that we that we face. Um, So if I could speak on uh, foot abscess first, Megan, uh, that that has been a major problem this year, as it has been uh, in other wet years, and we found it was a big problem in 2010 as well. Uh, And we found from our studies that it's uh, it's correlated with heavy sheep and uh, clover dominant pastures, and I think that's what lots of people have observed. I mean, it doesn't have to only occur in that condition, but they are the things that uh, that correlated best. So that gives us the enormous challenge of how do we manage ewes coming up to lambing and post lambing so that they uh, are really well nourished, uh, but they don't get uh, wet feet. <clears throat> and, and that, that provides the enormous man- management challenge. And uh, for those sheep with foot abscess, it's obviously a very painful condition, and um, uh, they use struggle to uh, walk around and feed and, and nurse their lambs. And uh, lots of some of those ewes don't make it. So uh, and it's obviously very painful. So <clears throat> excuse me again managing that is is the uh, is is a real challenge.
0: So Bruce in a a season like we've experienced in in this part of you know in the central parts of New South Wales but you know plenty of other places how do we try and mitigate and it's it's an age-old problem how do we try and mitigate against these ewes getting so heavy because you know, we want them to be eating the, the pasture that's available. We certainly don't want to be trundling <clears> around, you know, trundling around the, the countryside with a feed cart. You know, we know that our cheapest form <clears> of, of feed for our use comes from the grass. How do we go about trying to manage that? Because quite often the pastures are getting away from uh, from the sheep. Have Have you observed in, in your area how um, people are mitigating against these sorts of uh, issues?
1: Look, look, it's, it's... It, it's really difficult and uh i spend a lot of time chatting to terrific producers that have been doing it for lots of years and are really experienced and, <clears throat> and they are struggling to manage it uh because of all those problems so what the things that we uh talk about and and lo- and, and because we only get years like this you know once a decade they do tend to catch us out um but I think going into lambing, we can't have ewes that grow rapidly right through right through pregnancy and, and gain a lot of weight through pregnancy. So we've really got to try and manage manage that so that our ewes are in fat score 3 at, at lambing, not fat score 4 and 5. It's not just wood abscess, it's also uh, prolapses and... Uh, uh, difficult lambings and we've seen all of that vaginal prolapses and difficult lambings uh, you can get uh, a form of pregnancy toxin you can also get hypocalcemia they're all worse with big heavy ewes so uh, I think we obviously want to get our ewes as heavy as we can during joining so they ovulate well and we have lots of lambs it's for the but for the next um, for the first half to, to two-thirds of pregnancy that is our opportunity to control the uh, the weight of the ewes uh, we can't do that in the last month or five or six weeks the ewes have got to be well fed in that last uh coming up to lambing but before that that's our opportunity to uh, control the you body weight and i think uh, i know some people are, are even it sounds uh, extreme but even putting ewes back in Confinement and feeding them on roughage uh, to just get control that weight uh, and uh, make sure they don't get wet feet. Um, Keep them in fat score three. Uh, Other people are, you know, just running them at a high stocking rate uh, because those those sheep in the first two thirds of their uh, pregnancy they they can handle that. Um, This is the real challenge. I mean, uh, managing between. Pregnancy tox if you underfeed and uh, all the other problems with overfeeding. That's the real skill of being a sheep manager. <clears throat> and lots of good managers have struggled with that this year.
0: And in terms of the the, the foot abscess problem itself, like we, we know that that the um, the breeding you will sit down depending on on um, you know, the conditions like she'll sit down and won't feed. So, you know, metabolic disease might ensue if she's maybe not lambed or on the point of lambing or just with young lambs. How how are people getting control of that if, if they've got a, a bit of a, a problem? Like is it something that spreads through the flock? Um is it no, like, it, it, is doesn't, it doesn't It thing, or is it just purely flock. from having wet feet?
1: Yeah, it's it's an environmental bug. So So the bug that, or the bugs, and there's a couple of bugs that cause foot abscess. They are present in the soil, present in manure. So it 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 essentially requires sheep to have wet feet. So if you look between their toes, they'll have uh, inflamed, red skin between their toes uh, with some ulcers, perhaps. And for then, it's really easy for the bugs that are normally in the soil and in the manure. To just get through that damaged skin and right into the joints of the toes which are only just under the skin so uh, it's uh, so it, it doesn't spread but it's it, it's caused when the environment is conducive um, yeah, okay. so we've got to try well we've got to avoid sheep having uh, continually wet feet uh, and and we found from our survey work that uh, it was particularly associated with clover. So it seems that clover pastures stay wetter for longer. Um, so I think uh, we, we may have to, um, if we get a repeat of this sort of year, uh, be prepared to uh, run our sheep uh, a bit harder in the uh, first two thirds of pregnancy, perhaps on, on drier country uh, so that they uh, they don't gain too much weight. We want to maintain them at you know, fat score three uh, and then be prepared to uh, look after them in the last uh, month to six weeks of, of pregnancy, particularly those, those twin bearing years. So, uh, yeah, th- th- this is a real challenge for, for, for shoe producers, how to do that.
0: Yeah, it sure is, and and I guess a, a higher level of of management and, and greater information could be cut part of the key. Have you noticed any of the people that have been able to manage it with a degree of, of a high degree of success have have for example scanned for earlys and lates, and they're able to manage their early lamers differently to their lates and not allow the later ones to get um, well, too heavy? Like, are you noticing any any thing with 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 the management people are putting around scanning and and managing those use?
1: oh, I think that they're all um, they're all uh, really valuable tools, Megan. Uh, yes, if if we can uh, control uh, lambing uh, more tightly with with scanning uh, and separating into into lambing groups, that that really en- enables people to to fine tune that uh, that uh, management, and obviously, yeah. Uh, singles versus twins is the other, other, other critical issue because uh, these problems are less in, in single bearing ewes but we also need to make sure single bearing ewes don't get too heavy and either because we don't want them to either have a prolapse or to uh, have lambing trouble so um, yes having a having a good handle on, on twins versus singles and uh, early versus late uh, can, can really help
0: and what about the joining period? Are you noticing that people with an extended joining are, are seeing more severe issues or is it um, coming through even with people with nice, tight, uh, you know, textbook uh, length joinings?
1: Oh, I think, I think um, uh, longer joinings are, are going to be harder to manage but I, I think it's um, regardless... Uh, when you've got ewes on wet pastures no matter what it's going to be a problem and even though we can uh, manage ewes uh, you know really well uh, right up to uh, say a month or so before lambing uh, once we get to that stage they've got to be well fed and they do need to go onto onto good pastures so regardless of what we've done before we still uh, are going to see some problems if uh, we've got wet pastures so that that makes it know really, a challenge. But if they're not so heavy, uh, they they will manage it a little bit better.
0: Okay, thank you. Now I just want to move now a little bit into you're talking about prolapse, which is obviously you know um, problematic, and you know certainly you know not something you like to see uh, with breeding ewes, nor nor wood abscess. What is the cause of the prolapse is it again that they're too heavy and that they've got a really heavy fetus or a couple of lambs there? Like how does how does the prolapse come about? Uh,
1: well, this is a vaginal prolapse and it occurs within two or three weeks of lambing, so before lambing. Um, there was a big study on this in New Zealand and they found that they um, they saw more of it in heavy ewes and on under hilly hilly paddocks. Now, obviously the topography is not something we can do about, but uh, it's it's certainly uh, related to to body condition as well. Uh, I I do see prolapse under other situations as well, and we don't fully understand uh, why that happens. Uh, It can be related to estrogenic clovers, and sometimes we worry about calcium metabolism. But the main thing is, is heavy used, so so it, again, the management for that is the same as the management for, for foot abscess. we need to keep our use um, don't let them get into fat score four and five
0: yeah we we've got a bit of a phrase we like to use is fit not fat,
1: yes, I think that's exactly right, yes yeah
0: yeah and and I guess the other thing that that um you know particularly the people that have got more undulating country than um, those that don't is is putting them on hills does help keep them you know bitter and you know they're walking a bit of um, yes. you know that yeah, condition yeah. off. I've got the capacity to do it, but it's a bit of a chicken and egg type of thing. If you know if, if there's um, you know research found that more undulating country you know is is um, giving rise to other complications that.
1: Uh, oh, I, yeah, I don't I don't um, I, I don't get too concerned about that, Megan. I think. Uh, the ewe body weight's the thing we can manage and and i agree Yeah, uh, if if sheep or heifers for that matter are getting exercise that seems like a good thing uh as you say fat not uh, fit not fat yeah
0: yeah and and one other thing I, I was i was a bit interested to talk to you about if we if we talk a little bit about management you know people talk about how you know, they might spray an area out of a hill, like, you know, gravelly hill. If you've got lame sheep and and you're putting sheep either down a road, moving them, putting them on, on a gravelly hill, if they've got the soft, um, wet feet before that, has the horse bolted? Like, is that something you need to be really proactive and, and ahead of the game on?
1: Yes, uh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think um, we talk about this with, um, with foot bathing as well and, and probably worth worth mentioning this, foot bathing with zinc sulphate uh, will uh, really help to dry out those uh, scalded damaged wet feet but uh, if you're bringing them through wet muddy yards or taking them onto gravelly roads where they where they get additional foot damage then it's really a case of you know one step forward and one back. So we know that uh, foot bathing uh, really can help but whether you can do it practically or not is is the challenge. Uh, I mean you can't foot bath uh, lambing ewes obviously. Uh, what I, I uh, Some people have managed to incorporate foot bathing into, into their management, um, uh, foot bathing with zinc sulphate. For others what I suggest is at least foot bath them if you've got to bring them in pre-lambing for, for crutching and the yards are a bit muddy, uh, at least foot bath them out of the yards. So, But foot bathing is effective, uh, uh, certainly dries out the feet and uh, uh, reduces that skin inflammation. But as you say, things like uh, uh, you have to be careful about uh, c- causing additional foot damage.
0: Absolutely, and now I guess, um, with the prolapse, is there is there much that we can do in terms of treating those ewes? Are, are they um, able to, to go around again next year or is that something that's that, that we can't uh, rectify in those ewes going forward?
1: Um, you, you can treat them uh, and uh, veterinarians have a few advantages. Uh, we can give epidurals and uh, put the prolapse back and then uh, put some sutures in place. Some people do modifications of that themselves. There's also that device called the U saver, uh, which uh, holds the uh, prolapse back in place. Um, uh, people tie that to the wool and uh, it looks a bit like a coat hanger. Um, some people uh, have quite a bit of success with that. Uh, they 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 say they tell me that they save. Uh, at least half of the years uh, other people don't have had much luck and uh, certainly the uh, sooner you get to treat these the uh, the better the result is as well so they're definitely treatable uh but um the, there is a a propensity to, for it to to recur uh, i i personally if you had used with prolapse uh this year i i would uh not as long as they lamb okay and they're know, reasonably productive I, I don't know that uh, we've got evidence that you need to call them for next year uh, I okay. haven't I haven't seen that and if people have asked me about that my my feeling is no I would uh, rejoin them next year
0: and and um I know that some use some people are losing uh losing use from some of these complications like prolapse and and foot abscess um, Treating use for, for foot abscess is really um, quite successful, isn't it?
1: Uh, no, it's not. Uh, <clears throat> well, we know that treating treating use uh, for foot abscess, if you catch it super early, is with antibiotics is effective. Uh, but most people notice it after it's been going for several days or a week or so, and the foot's red, hot, and swollen, and um, Antibiotics are not very effective then. But if you're lucky enough to catch ewes uh, that weren't lame yesterday and are today, uh, you can imagine the bacteria has just got in under the skin and hasn't got into the joints and the bones. Antibiotics are really quite effective then. But uh, much later than that, and they're not. I mean, most people try antibiotics anyway. But I, I guess the important thing to know is that don't have high expectations if the, if the cases have been going for some time and we we also talk about um, pain relief there are good pain relief options now and some people are trying that uh to uh both for the welfare of the the UN to hope to enable her to get up and walk about and feed the lamb and uh, aid in her recovery
0: I guess it's um you know we've we've talked about the the prevention being better than the cure here and and you know that being you know a really important part of planning for these big seasons and certainly I know that nobody saw the season break coming and again you know managing those use and we we sort of you know all too um, soon become excited about the fact that our seasonal conditions aren't um you know blowing dust and you know and horrendous with the feed cart every day. I guess there's there's a bit of food for thought there for people going forward. And and indeed across the state, there's people that, that um you know in in other areas that haven't land yet that have that have got big springs coming up that that may benefit from from this conversation. Um how I guess how do how do you chat with, with your growers when they're um feeling, you know, a bit desperate about you know, how things have gone, that, you know, everybody wants the best for their animals and to see them not performing to their uh, potential because they're a little bit overfat fat and, and have developed these complications. I mean, you know, it does take its toll after a severe drought and, and the drought was severe, coming back in and, you know, it's it sort of causes a bit of a despairing, um, you know, feeling. I, I know that, you know, nobody likes to see their animals um you know underperforming let alone you know in pain or, or strong discomfort you know how, how do you have that conversation with your growers
1: oh look i agree and um it, it it's really tough um, and some people are seeing quite a bit of this and uh it it, it as you say is is pretty upsetting um i i Tell people that they've they've just got to when they're in this when they're in this situation they've just got to tough it out uh, do the best they can and uh, look after the use as best as they can treat them as best as they can and um, uh, the good news is once once you use lamb and and once uh, conditions dry out a bit then uh, we'll be through it and uh, we'll have wonderful performing ewes and wrap uh, it. Terrific growth rates in their lands. So, but yeah, look, it's it's a really, as you've mentioned, uh, Megan, it's a it's a really tough issue and uh, uh, tough for um, people looking after their livestock.
0: Exactly, and you know they've put such a a huge amount of effort and um and money, no doubt, down you know down their throats, feeding them over the droughts for for the abundance of feed to be then the next headache. Uh, causing, you know, further production issues is, is certainly makes life a bit difficult for them. So I guess, you know, the message is then, you know, keep doing doing what you're doing and um, you know, keep working at it that it's um, you know, it will come to an end.
1: Yeah, Megan, probably one of the lessons I think is that we've I think we already know this or we're 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 learning this, that we've really got to manage your body condition uh well. And uh, lots of really good producers are aware of this. They they know that they uh, they can't allow ewes to slip during pregnancy, but they also can't allow them to to grow, you know, to put on weight and become fat scores four and five. So uh, it's uh, it's a real challenge, and uh, you know that's um, you know what good good sheep producers are are capable of doing.
0: It's it's really about that proactive management by the sounds of things, Bruce, in terms of, um, you know, necess- not necessarily eliminating, but certainly avoiding, you know, catastrophic um, effects.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, it, it's important for the whole industry and, and we, people that, like you and me that are advising sheep producers, can uh, try and assist as well. And, uh, you know, we've got a... Learn the lessons from both this year and from previous years, where we where we saw this happening.
0: Absolutely, you know, and and there's 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 plenty of um light at the end of the tunnel. Those um once the lambs are up and going, they're going to grow like stink with the spring that we've got um taking place now, aren't aren't
1: they? Oh yeah, it, it, that's right. If we if we get through this tough 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 time for lots of people, that it's wonderful. I mean, we've got terrific livestock prices, and uh, we're going to have uh, good pasture conditions for for uh, you'd have to think several months yet so yeah it's wonderful to see
0: yeah well Bruce it's been fabulous catching up because it's been way too long since our last um, catch up so thanks so much for your time today I really appreciate the opportunity to to um you know ask you about uh, your experiences, because I'm, I'm not sure that I know anybody who's who's as experienced as yourself in in your field. So it's been a real thrill for me to to catch up with you today, and I know that um, that our our podcast uh, subscribers are going to um you know feel the same, and and hopefully um you know might help some of the people who are yet to um to go into their lambing period, some of the um areas that are a bit later. But thanks again, Bruce, for for joining us, and um, yeah, really appreciate your time.
1: Thanks, Megan. Been a pleasure. All the best.
0: Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time for You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. We'd appreciate it if you could share this with, within your networks. You can also, if you haven't already, subscribe to the AWI podcast, The Yarn. We'd love for you to stay in contact with SheepConnect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. You can join our network by visiting our website, www.sheepconnectnsw.com.au. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at SheepConnectNSW, and hopefully we might see you at some of our workshops and events that we run throughout New South Wales. Thanks again for joining us today on It's Time for You and hopefully we'll see you next time. Bye for now.